Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 132 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with two wonderful guests, Sarah and June Canfield. Yes, they have the same last name because June is Sarah's mom. Sarah and June are from Billings, Montana. June works for a software development firm, and Sarah is a seamstress who makes fishing waders. Nice to have you ladies here with us today. Hi. Nice nice to be here, Jen. It's great to be here. Awesome. And this is a really fun story. So which one of you wants to tell how Sarah arranged for this podcast to happen? Which one of you wants to tell it? I can tell it. This is uh, Sarah. And I um, have been listening to the podcast because my mom found it and showed it to me about a year and a half ago. And um, we would always listen to it. We lived about two hours away and we would get so excited for a new episode and talk about it back and forth. And um, this 2020 Mother's Day, I surprised my mom by emailing Jen and asking if we could be on the podcast together. And she emailed me back and I printed off the email and I put it in Jen's book and I gave it to my mom for Mother's Day and she opened it up and it said, I got us on the podcast. Are you in? And she got so excited. (laughs) And yeah, that was in about April. That's so much fun. I love that. Which one of you found intermittent fasting first? 
Yeah, um, this June, this is it was me. I started kind of dabbling in it about 2017. So I saw it on TV, and it was um, somebody. They were talking. They would call it intermittent fasting. They just said a new way to lose weight quickly, and it was. Um, they talked about 16:8. So just time restricted eating. I basically. So my husband was having his 40th class reunion that summer. So I thought, oh, I'd like to lose some weight before that. So this was the summer of 2017. And I did it for a while, lost some weight and had his reunion. And I kind of just, you know, fell off again. And so then the next summer, it was my turn for my 40th class reunion. I thought, oh, I'm going to do it again. (laughs) So lost some weight because I had gained it back from doing it before and basically just did 16 eight. So lost a little bit of weight for my reunion and then kind of did the same thing, gained a back, stopped doing it. And then it came 2019 April, right after my birthday. And I thought, I'm going to do this. I'm not going to do it long-term. I want to see what happens. And keep in mind that I was not clean fasting that whole time. I hadn't found your book yet, Jen. So um, right after I decided, it was like April 22nd, 2019, I decided to start trying it again. That week I was doing it. I was not clean fasting because I like to drink Starbucks teas and I like a sweetener in them. So that's what I was having. I wasn't, you know, doing any broth or anything. And I found your book and Dr. Fung's book that same week. So that week I stopped the dirty fast and clean fasting then and um, read your book like basically almost overnight. And just thought, okay, I can do this. It was just so inspiring. And so I started in April and I didn't have a lot of weight to lose. I'm not like a lot of the people here where I I just always felt kind of chubby. It was just always kind of, you know, and so my limit would be like 160. I mean, I hit that and I'm like, okay, this is it, you know, and I try Weight Watchers and, you know, lose it. And I maybe get down to close to 140, but then I would get tired of the Weight Watchers and, you know, and I was like, oh, you know, I try something different and I tried low carb and all the stuff like that. So pretty much lost the 20 pounds, the first 20 pounds doing 16.8 and that summer. And I pretty much lost it probably six months, just kind of keep doing it, clean fasting, doing at least 16.8. And then I've kind of, you know, tweaked it and gone down from there. But that's it's pretty much was 16.8 for the first six months. That's awesome. So your goal, you were right around 160 when you started and your goal was yeah. 140? Yeah. When and how that tall was are you? Do you yeah. mind if I ask? No, I'm I'm 5'4". So, okay. um, yeah, so it, it just kind of chubby and, you know, my clothes were getting tight and stuff. And so I, I always like, oh, it's time to do something again. So I got below the 140. And um, then start tweaking it a little bit, did some alternate um, alternate day fasting. And now I'm kind of go between a high 120s and a low 130s is where I'm at now. So I've been doing it now for over a year and a half. Awesome. That's wonderful. So, I mean, did you ever imagine that you'd be maintaining right there in, in that range oh, and not no. having to... I mean, I went through Christmas and didn't gain any weight. I went through this pandemic and been working from home since March. No weight gain. It's just a free lifestyle. I just absolutely love it. I just feel good and all the health benefits just keep me even more excited about it. Now I do more of an 18, 19 at least. And I throw in some 24s and I have done um, some alternate day fasting too. So when did you find out about it, Sarah? When did your mom bring it to you? She told me about it, um, and I was working a like gardening, landscaping job in the summertime, and I just thought there's absolutely no way that I could not eat all day. I need my calories. I need my smoothie in the morning. Like that just sounds like it's a binge restrict, binge restrict type of diet. I've seen her do the ups and downs and she'll lose 20 pounds for a vacation or a reunion. And then, you know, she'll kind of get off Weight Watchers and it'll slowly creep back up. So I kind of was like, well, this is what she's trying now. And yeah, once I kind of saw that she lost that 20 pounds and kept maintaining it, 
and kept telling me like all this other health benefits, the autophagy and, you know, this ketosis and stuff. I just thought, I think maybe she's on something different. Maybe it's not just the Weight Watchers or the reunion anymore. And I got a new job, the job that I'm currently working as a seamstress. And so I went from being constantly moving outside, gardening, landscaping, to sitting at a desk all day long, not moving at all. And that's when I really was like, okay, what's she doing? Because if I'm just (laughs) sitting at this desk for nine hours a day, I'm going to gain weight. And I don't need all of those calories that I needed when I was like moving around. I don't need my smoothie in the morning. And so she just kind of waited for me to get on board. And then she was like, well, do you want to read Jen's book? And she gave it to me. And I think I read it in like two days. And when was this? Was this in 2019? I think you started April 2019. Mm -hmm. I started December 2019. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it took you a while. Once you saw the weight loss, keeping it off. Just in time for the holidays. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I was, you know, I'm not shy when it comes to food. So I definitely thoroughly enjoy Thanksgiving and all the Christmas snacks and everything. Absolutely. That's my favorite part, you know, not feeling like you can't. I remember the years when I was doing a diet, and of course, they would be all over for the holiday season. And then, you know, January, you're like, all right, I'm back on track in January. It's so freeing not to have to feel that way ever again. Yes, it is. It's just what we do now. It's a lifestyle, and we just love it. So you mentioned, June, that you had had, you know, some health victories. Tell us about some of those. You know, just the mood and the mental clarity at work, I noticed right away. And one interesting one that I didn't even know I had until after I was on your Facebook group and I saw some other people talking about it was skin tags. I have always had skin tags and they were like, oh, my skin tags are gone. And I was like, oh, and I went to reach up and I thought, oh, my God, mine are gone, too. I mean, I hadn't even That's noticed it. I know. I was just like, oh, my God. So when I went to my dermatologist this last year, I told her about this. And she was, like, so interested. She's just she's a close talker, and I just love her to death. And she comes over to me. She's like, tell me about this. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, I'm doing this intermittent fasting. And, you know, the skin tags are, from what I hear, insulin-based. And they've come off. And she really examined me and just was very interested. I think she was going to follow up on it. And, um, you know, she had never heard about it that, that before. I just go um, yearly to get checked, you know, just as a checkup in general. So it was interesting because when she left the room, then the nurse was like, because I told her I'd also lost, you know, 25 pounds and almost 30 pounds. And the nurse was looking at me. She's like, now what is this again? And she had her pencil out and she's like, and I gave her your name of your book and stuff. And she's like, oh, I'm definitely, because she was listening the whole time. And I'm definitely going to try that. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency, and in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10. 
If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. Yeah, that was a big one for me is just the even keel that you move can be. I don't know why. It's just a freeing. Um, you just feel happy. happy. <laughs> it really is just you don't have these ups and downs with your mood. And I, I think that's what I love about it. My husband probably loves that, too. <laughs> <About you. laughs> well, it's interesting is he's actually he's kind of done the whole he didn't need to lose weight, but he's done the whole gamut with me you know he would eat the food I ate on Weight Watchers we did low carb for a while he'd come along for that and um, then his cholesterol went through the roof doing low carb (laughs) and he said okay we can't do that anymore because my doctor said my cholesterol is too high and I'm like okay so when I started doing this he's like yeah I think I'll I'll try that too and I'm like okay so he he basically does kind of like what your husband does um, 16, eight most of the time, but he is, um, he's actually a civil engineer for a profession, but the last three years he's been working through the progression of his pilot's license. That's what he wants to do in retirement. So he's got his private pilot, he's got his instrument rating, he's got his commercial, and now he's working on his instructors and he loves to fly fasted because of the mental clarity he gets. I can only imagine. You certainly wouldn't want to have a big meal and then fly. <laughs> that sounds miserable. Yeah, it's very taxing on your brain. I mean, it's very, you know, to fly. And I don't talk to him much when we fly just because it's he has so much going on, you know, to fly the plane. And he loves to um, go in the morning when he hasn't, you know, he's been fasted because of the mental clarity. So he's actually lost. He lost 15 pounds right away too, basically while I was losing weight too. And he feels great and he's going to be doing it forever too. I love that. Yeah. I bet he's probably back to his high school size. I would imagine. Yeah. He really likes it. And so he's the, he likes it at work, you know, with the mental clarity for that too. And then the flying. And so, yeah, that's, so that's kind of the, the benefits, the main benefits that I've seen from it. I just like the feeling that I know I'm doing something good for my body inside. I just think, gosh, you know, when I go on a longer fast and I get past 18, I'm like, what are all my cells doing? <laughs> you know, all the bad ones are getting ready to leave and I'm getting new ones. And just the, you know, just the long term, knowing that, you know, I may be reducing my risk for cancer, um, Alzheimer's. We saw uh, my father-in-law go through Alzheimer's and it's a horrible disease. And just the fact that I think that I'm giving myself a little better edge when it comes to things like that just makes it even better. For me too, you know, at this age, you know, I'm just in my 50s now, 51, and knowing that I have a much better chance of aging well, that's so important to me. And knowing that all of those diseases of of aging, my body's working through those much better. I love the thought of that. I totally agree. I just, it's just a great feeling because I didn't start this until I was 59 when I started this in 2000. I turned 60 this year. So, you know, never too late. <laughs> and she looks fabulous. I can oh. see her. So you, you do you. not look 60. Absolutely not. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's, we, we're not going to wrinkle the same. We're going <laughs> to, I mean, I, okay, I still, I do have wrinkles, but. <laughs> Hopefully, this will be our anti-aging cream, just naturally. Yes. yes. <laughs> Although I did just get some for my neck. <laughs> yeah, that yeah that's always a problem area for us when we get older. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> so, Sarah, did you need to lose weight? Had you been struggling with your weight at all? I know that you mentioned you were had started a job where you were going to be more sedentary, but was there any anything going on there, or was this more of preventative? It was more preventative, and I had just graduated college, so there's, you know, that 10, 15 pounds that creep up when you go and study abroad and drink German beer <laughs> every weekend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it kind of creeps up on you a little bit, and I just felt uncomfortable. I was probably 10 to 15 pounds heavier than my high school weight, and I am only 5'1". So 15 pounds on somebody that's 5'1", is, it just feels uncomfortable. And you have to kind of plan your outfit around hiding certain areas. And um, you can't just put something on and feel comfortable and walk out the door. And I did end up losing about 10 pounds going back. I'm about at my high school weight again. But it was mostly preventative. But then I also was kind of at this point where I was living a very unhealthy lifestyle and I started breaking out in eczema all over my body. And it was a nine-month process that my mom went through with me (laughs) of trying to figure out what was going on. And there were no answers in the dermatologists. I went to four dermatologists, one naturopath, and they just said it's eczema, it comes and goes, and it's something you just kind of deal with. Here's a cream. And I was like, this can't be the answer. There has to be more than that. And so then I kind of branched out onto this like health journey and intermittent fasting was like a big part of that. And they all kind of happened at the same time. And I did eventually find out that there were some food sensitivities that I was dealing with that I think was causing the eczema. But the best way for me to figure out what those foods were was to have a really super long fast. Well, not super long, just, you know, maybe 18, 20 hours, really clear everything out and then start with something that I'm unsure about. And I could tell right away if it upset me. I think that's a great key. You know, we hear from people that you know begin living the intermittent fasting lifestyle and then they suddenly realize that they're you know have food intolerances that they didn't realize before and so they might mistakenly think that intermittent fasting caused the food intolerance but really what's happening is the intermittent fasting allowed them to feel it for the first yes. time yes because you gave your body an adequate amount of time to rest and digest and just be ready for food. And if you gave it, my allergies ended up being wheat and soy and then peanuts and sesame. But I would just break my fast with, say, I knew the wheat almost right away. So that one was out really quick. But then I would break my fast with a gluten-free soy sauce. And I knew right away that that, you know, veggies and meat and rice with the soy sauce was not sitting well with me. And that was, it's just really insightful and you really get in tuned with like what your body likes. Whereas if you're just always constantly eating, you don't know what is causing what because it hasn't had time to sit in rest. Mm -hmm. So has taking those four things, the wheat, the soy, the peanut and the sesame, taking those out of your diet coupled with intermittent fasting, what has that done for your eczema? Is it gone? I had a little flare at the beginning of the pandemic, but I think probably everybody had (laughs) Something stressful that they felt during that. I think that was more related to the increase of cortisol. Um, But my eczema is almost completely gone. And it is November here in Montana right now. And it's about three degrees where I live currently. And that is when my skin gets the worst. When it gets cold and it gets dry, and I always usually expect to have an eczema flare at the beginning of winter, and I have yet to see one. That's awesome. That's really huge. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's taking those foods out, but then also like healing my gut. I've put in a lot of um, healthy foods, like since I've kind of gone on this health journey, like the chicken broth and the probiotics and that kind of stuff. But I also think that the just giving your gut time to heal, like, does so much for your gut microbiome. And that I really do think is related to the not seeing any eczema flares. So what is your typical fasting pattern like? I do 
Recently, I've just kind of upped it. I started with 16.8, um, and that was hard at the beginning until you, you – it's a muscle. You build that muscle up. And then I went to 18.6, and now I have just recently – I used to work out in the mornings, and if I work out in the mornings, it's really hard to push it past 18 hours. And I could tell my body's just hungry, and it just needs the, the, the refuel. But if I don't work out in the morning, I can get 20 to 22 hour fast in. I love that you're listening to your body because, you know, your body is letting you know that, hey, with this extra effort, I need more food today. And you're listening instead of feeling like you're failing or weak, you're just embracing that. Yeah, and that did take a while because you want to, you kind of keep pushing it and feel like your fasting muscle is getting stronger and stronger. And then one day you like can barely make it to 16. You're like, what the heck? But I can tell the difference between, oh, I'm bored, I'm hungry, food sounds good. And I really need to eat some nutrients right now. Yeah, I th that's key. And people often wonder, you know, when they're new and starting out, and you know, this comes out in January, this podcast, so maybe we'll have a lot of newbies listening at the time. So all of you that are new and listening to this podcast today, it really does get better because people worry about that. You know, they worry, how am I going to know when I'm really hungry and I need to eat versus, you know, the board I'm eating, but it, you just can tell. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of my favorite things about it is that I don't get hangry. Even when I do get hungry now, it's not this, okay, I'm just mad and I have to eat something right away. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm hungry, you know, but I don't miss that feeling to just say, you know, I really just have to have something right now. And I think that is one of my favorite things about it is that hangry feeling is just gone. Even when I'm ready to eat, I'm ready to eat. I don't have that type of hunger anymore. The hunger being an emergency where you have to eat right that minute is gone. That is really the best part. You're right. We were. I was just on a girls' weekend with some college friends. We were supposed to have our 30th college reunion this year, and that was canceled, of course, due to due to the pandemic. But we decided to get together anyway. And um, one of the group members was not intermittent fasting, although she left with a copy of my book. So yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> I think she's planning to implement it. But one of them's been doing it for a year, and one of them's been doing it longer, like uh, like several years. And the one of them kind of loosely just eats, you know, when she feels like it. But the one who who has not been doing intermittent fasting at all, you know, she we needed to build in times for her to eat into <laughs> the schedule. She's like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, don't be sorry. We yeah, understand. We're okay. We can watch people eat. We're okay with you <laughs> yeah. frequent eaters. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe next year you won't. <laughs> Yeah, I have finished Fast Feast Repeat, but I Sarah hasn't read that yet, so I have it right behind me, and I'm going to send her home with that. I, I knew most of that stuff because I listened to the podcast so much, but it really was a great reiteration of, and I love reading the stories, what people, you know, uh, that was one of my favorite parts of the book, too. So I think that they're valuable, and what's really funny is, you know, when Delay Don't Deny came out back in 2016... Obviously, Delay, Don't Deny hadn't been out yet. So everyone in my groups at the time, you know, 2016, when I was writing it, people were doing just, you know, random things. And so when I recorded it for Audible, it was over a year after I had initially read it. And we, I mean, since I'd initially written it. And so I, I was reading the, you know, Delay, Don't Deny for Audible. And some of the testimonials in the back, I was like, these are a little wacky. <laughs> 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 and I actually would not recommend those things, some of the things that people explained that they were doing. You know, now, now that we know more after all these years, I was like, gosh, I might need to redo those, <laughs> have like a refreshed version. But in Fast Feast Repeat, the stories that are, you know, the things I wish I knew section, that's one of my favorite parts, you know, where people talk about, you know, there's nothing wacky in there. <laughs> yeah, I really love that part. I, I would read that at over and over again, like I, you know, start and then I'd be like, oh, I'm going to go back and read them again, just to kind of reiterate different things that people try, because we're constantly talking to each other about the way we tweak it, you know, mm -hmm. and it's just like, you know, I've been at this, I've been kind of this three, four pound range for, you know, a good year. Well, I, I was down into the like high 130s once I lost the 20 pounds, and then um, I really wanted to get into the lower 130s, and I knew that I needed to do something different. So that's when I tried alternate day fasting. 
And that was hard in the beginning, but I just listened to a podcast that you had last week where a gal was saying how good she felt after the day after. It's like she's almost like on a high, like euphoric. And I do feel that afterwards. If you can get through that first day of the fasting the next morning, I just feel like you can do anything. I just feel like, oh, I just feel so great. I mean, the first day I did, I'm like, okay, I'm going to eat breakfast that day. I'm going to have a really long window. And I got up the next day and I'm like, I'm still really not hungry. Getting through that. So I did it Monday and Thursdays is what I would do. That Monday, I would struggle a little bit, you know, like around dinner time when I'm my husband's eating. So get him something to eat. And then I go downstairs and I call Sarah. <laughs> and I talk her through it. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, dad's eating. It smells really good, but I'm not, you know, I'm doing an alternate day fasting. I'm not really that hungry, but it does smell good. And so, you know, we would kind of talk through it and, and she's like, you can do it, you know, just keep busy, you know? And so I did that for about a month, I think the Monday and Thursday and really loved that. And I was able to go down another five pounds with that. And I really wouldn't mind going down a little bit more into the 120s and staying there instead of kind of fluctuating between the two. But I'm just kind of letting that happen and see how that goes. And if I need to go back down and do the alternate day fasting for a period of time, I think I can do that again. And and I feel comfortable with that now. Yeah, you know, my body, you've heard me talk about this, I'm sure my body continued to change over maintenance, even with the scale not doing much changing, my body really changed. So I bet even if that scale doesn't cooperate and give you those numbers that you've got in your head, I bet your body's going to continue to change. (laughs) She tells me that all the time. (laughs) Right? I know. That's what she said. But you know, I'm a scale person. Listeners can't see this, but when I said that, I saw Sarah look at you. He was like, I told you. I truly believe in the body recomposition, the building of the muscles and the getting smaller and smaller and not having the scale fluctuate. We were talking about it this morning. I weighed myself and I say I fluctuate around the 125s, but I weighed 128 this morning. And a week ago, I saw 122. Like it just fluctuates so much. And it's, there's no way that it's fat that's being stored on your body. It's, if you had a high carb day, you retain more water. And it's, I just see the scale fluctuate so much that if I only relied on that and not, my feeling my body recomposition and getting smaller and smaller, I would like think that it wasn't working. But I see 128. I'm like, huh, I had a good weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's true. And that's why it can be very frustrating when someone is knowing what I know and how weight fluctuates when someone will say, well, I tried you know, something, some kind of tweak. And I did it for a week and my and I gained six pounds. I'm like, you didn't. You did not gain six pounds in a week. I promise you. At least you didn't gain six pounds of fat. I mean, I believe that the scale is reflecting something, you know, six pounds different. But our body does not gain or lose fat that quickly. So you have not gained six pounds of fat in a week. That would be really, really difficult to do with <laughs> physiologically almost impossible right right and I see those fluctuations all the time and they're just what do people say it's just information right it's good that you can put that out of your mind I think I'm one of those people I don't know if I could I know you've given up the scale and I don't know I don't think it's detrimental to me the scale when I get on so I think if it was and I'd be like oh god you know you know now I'm up again you know I think it kind of keeps me in check and just just like okay I, yeah, you know, I'm probably a little higher on the higher end of my range. And so, yeah, what have I been eating lately? That's probably not the best for me, you know, probably go back and tweak it. But I'm not sure if I could ever not weigh. I just I think I'm just one of those people that can't. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I don't want people to ever have the impression that I'm against weighing or that I don't think people should weigh because I really think we're all different. You know, as a classroom teacher for 28 years, I saw that students, kids, all have different things that motivate them. 
You know, my own personal sons, my two boys, they each had different things that motivated them. For me, the scale number messed with my head, but I can totally understand when you get on there and you see a number and you're like, all right, that's my signal. I need to maybe be more mindful of what I'm eating. And and it works for you. For me, it sends me into a diet tailspin, but or it did. It got to that point when I was maintaining and I would see a high fluctuation. I'm like, oh no, is this the moment that I'm regaining all the weight? Even though I knew that wasn't true, I would start to think that. So it's all about knowing yourself and what it does for you emotionally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's just kind of a check for me to, you know, say, okay, well, it's a little high. If it ever like really went and started going up, then I would be like, okay, no, what am I doing? I'd have to, for me, it's an evaluation to say, okay, what have I been doing? Have I been shortening my windows? Have I been eating food that's not good for me and not whole foods and things like that? And then I think it would be a, a check and balance for me. Yeah, I'm a big believer in information. We do need the information. And the information that you gather should be the information that you can emotionally handle. You know, for me, for so many years, it was measuring my waist. Even though I wasn't weighing, I was still measuring my waist and using my honesty pants. And then I took some photos in May that actually wearing my honesty pants that made me realize, hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, photos can be very revealing. Uh huh. Yeah. And I, I've retaken the photos. I shared them in the Facebook group, you know, from May to June until I guess October. And I had a little upward movement apparently through the beginning of the pandemic, but cocktail hour was more rampant and also a lot of baking. I did a lot of baking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It was just easy to do when you're home all the time, it's, you know, and I've been working from home since March and, you know, it's just easy to go out to the kitchen, you know, well, I'm working and grab a snack and, you know, this, this and that. So yeah, I just have to be more careful about, you know, what I'm eating in my window. Sometimes if I see it start to kind of climb up on, you know, for multiple days in a row, I don't get freaked out if it's like one day, but if it starts to kind of stay on that end, then I'm thinking I start reevaluating what I've been eating. Have y'all heard me talk about the shape of scale yet? I have heard that on a podcast. Yeah, I guess. What is that again, Jim? It's a numberless scale, and it got me back on a scale. I I heard about it, and I was like, okay, this I could do. You don't see a number. I mean, you could see a number if you set it to show you a number, but I, I have mine set to not show me a number. So I weigh every morning. I get on it, and it gives you a color based on what your overall trend is doing. Like, it doesn't change daily. Like, you don't see, like, one color today and then a different color tomorrow. It's not like it changes based on fluctuations. It only calculates your overall trend, which which is it, – it's helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a link to it on jenstevens.com on the Favorite Things tab. So – and there's, like, a promo code. It's IF Stories. And the way that they – sometimes people are confused about the way they sell them. The scale is, quote, free. But you have to sign up for their app for a year. So people are like, I don't want to sign up for an app for a year. But I'm like, well, think about it instead. You know, you're paying for the scale. The scale, you know, the cost is the scale. But after a year, you can cancel the membership. But the scale still works. You don't have to keep paying for the subscription. You just pay for a year. You get the scale, quote, free. (laughs) And so just really, instead of thinking about it as, you know, paying for the subscription, think of it as paying for the scale. But after the year, if you don't renew the subscription, you get the scale still works with the app, but you lose the extra features. But I don't use the extra features anyway. All I want to know is what's my color. Yeah. See, and I think I would do that because I use the zero app because mentally that's just like, okay, so we eat dinner and then I'll have a little snack afterwards. You know, my husband will graze a little bit afterwards and I'm like, no, I'm going to have this and then I'm done. I go over on my phone and I hit that that and I'm just done eating. And so mentally it's like, okay, my window is closed and, you know, it's not opening until, you know, and I, I set what my goal is for, you know, 18, 19 hours for the next day. And then, you know, so then cause sometimes I'll forget, oh, when did I stop eating last night? You know, so look at that. So that's just the simple. And I think that zero does more things than that. But I simply use it as a timer to make sure that, you know, I'm staying within the, the time frame I want to be in. Yeah, so. you don't need all those extra features. You just like the, no, the straightforward. I just, just like the timer. And I do like to see the history, you know, make see what I've been doing lately. But yeah, I just like to see the, the timer and remind me that, oh, okay, I guess I did stop at seven last night. I, you know, maybe I'm not quite ready to eat yet, you know. So I do like that. Do you use an app, Sarah? 
No, I just constantly do mental math, probably, <laughs> you know, six times within <laughs> 16, 17, 18 hours. But no, I don't. I just, I try to stop eating by eight. And then I, if I'm hungry at work, I'll eat lunch at 1.30. And that puts me, I think, at like 17 and a half if I've stopped at eight. But a lot of times I'm not hungry and I get off at 3.30. So I like to push it to that 3.30 and I get in that longer fast. And then I can go home. And a lot of times I've broken through that, you know, around 12, 1 o'clock. You really kind of like, ooh, I'm kind of hungry. I think I could eat right now. And then the moment you get passed through that, like, 10, 15 minutes of feeling hungry, you're in ketosis and you're cruising and you're not hungry. So if I can make it to when I get off at 3.30, a lot of times I will go work out and go for a, like a longer fasted run. And then I can come home and make a really good dinner and just like sit down and enjoy it. And I will feast. I'm not shy <laughs> about eating, but I love whole foods and I love cooking for myself. And I I just really love healthy food. That's what my body craves. So I'll make like a whole stir fry or what did we make last night? Chicken tortilla soup. And I'll have three bowls of it. Yeah. We made a, in our Instapot, we made Instapot chicken yep. tortilla soup last night. Um, so. And then if, but if I am hungry at work at one thirty, then I'm going to eat. Because I might not have eaten that much the day before. And, like, I can tell the difference when that time comes at work. But, yeah, I can, I like to just kind of stop eating by 8 and then uh, see how I feel the next day. So you don't even really have to worry about it. You just, you know, as long as I finish by 8 the next day, if you know, if I if I open at one thirty, that's still a good 17 and a half hours and I'm fine. That's kind of the way I am, too. I no longer time anything. And it just is like, well, whatever time, if I'm really hungry and it feels different, I'll just open my window that day and it's no big deal. And, you know, some days when I've when that's happened, like Halloween, Halloween, I was hungry earlier, opened earlier that day. And but even with eating two meals on Halloween, it still ended up being like seven hours of an eating window, which is that's plenty of fasting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mine varies a little bit on when we close it. I like to close it by six, but my husband usually is at home and, you know, and we've eaten dinner by then. I would like to close it even earlier. So he tries to get home and, you know, I like to get it done for sure by seven. And if I get it done by 630, that's even better. Because I find that the next day when I'm up, especially working at home, I'm like, you know, I start at seven. So, you know, by one o'clock, it's, you know, you know, I'm five hours into work and I don't know that I'm hungry. I'm just like need a break. Right. And so you, you almost associate the break with, okay, I should do lunch, but it's not really, you know, so I found myself in the summer, I would go and go for a walk because I needed a break, mental break, just, you know, from work. And so I would go for a walk, but yet I wasn't quite ready to eat. And then when I would come back, I have something ready and I could just eat while I, you know, finished work. But it's almost like a mental break just for lunch and you think, oh, you should eat. But I had to stop myself and go, are you really hungry or you just want a break? Yeah, I totally get that. You know, so I fall into that sometimes. Like when I've done my work for the day, I'm like, all right, my work is done for the day. I could eat now. And I'm like, well, am I really hungry now or not? So like when I finish the podcast, that often happens. I'll finish recording the podcast. I'm like, all right, I'm done. Now I can eat. I'm like, no, not yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen to your body. And are you really hungry or are you just looking for something else to do? Right. And we get into that habit of just time to eat. But, you know, it is also not a bad thing for somebody to open your window just because it's the time you like to open your window. So I don't want people to worry about that because some people are like, well, should I just keep fasting forever until I <laughs> <laughs> Eating is also very good for you. If I wait till I'm really hungry, maybe I'll just fast forever. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Bite, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. 
Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Yeah, we definitely don't need to do that. So um, are you still, um, June, throwing in some ADF now, you said, here and there? Um, yeah, you know, I haven't for a little bit, but because I've been maintaining, but we have a trip. Hopefully, it's already gotten canceled once. We have a trip to Hawaii planned in the first of March. And I would like to be kind of solid in the, like, one right around 125. That's where I think I would really like to stay. So I can see myself. A month or so before Hawaii, just thinking, okay, a trip always motivates me. I think, you know, this is kind of a goal. And I think, yeah, I think I could go probably do some ADF before the Hawaii trip to see if I can get more solid into the 120s. So do you have like a goal outfit that you could use? You know, something you'd love to wear on that trip that you could use instead of that number on the scale? Yeah, well, that's a good idea. Yeah, that is a good idea. I guess the bathing suits are always the, <laughs> right. the tell-all. It's like... <laughs> Instead of... Ch- I've, I just have learned for me, chasing that number, you know, that when I didn't weigh for over a year and then I, I wanted to see a certain number, like for me, that 125 was that magical number in my head because I once read that for me, five foot five, you know, 100 pounds for your first five feet and then five pounds per inch after that. So that would put me at 125. And I just wanted to see that. And so that day, you know, I was wearing my size zero jeans from the loft. And I was like, I think I weigh 125. And I got on the scale and saw 130. And I was irritated. And that's when I threw my scale away. Because I started to think I got to lose five more pounds. But I did not need to lose five more pounds. Not in the size zero jeans. You definitely did not. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not like tiny, tiny. I'm just good for my, I, you know, I'm small boned. And, you know, we did a lot of shopping when we were together this weekend. And, you know, vanity sizing is real. You know, <laughs> we know that. I was like, I was at, what was it, J. Crew, And I was trying to find a shirt and I had to buy an extra, extra small. I'm like, okay, that's crazy. I am not extra, extra small. I'm just, I'm normal. So, <laughs> but find a bathing suit or an outfit that you would feel really good in in Hawaii and take some photos wearing that and compare those over time. That's a good idea because, you know, that's, I always regretted that. I never did measurements and photos. I guess that's true. It's not ever too late if I still want to make some changes because I always regretted that I never did that before I started. And I know people say that. Do you but have an iPhone? I do. You, you did you know that you can hide those photos in a hidden folder? Oh, really? So, <laughs> so only me can see them. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So that you know, like if you're you know scrolling through your photos, that they don't pop up. Yeah. <laughs> so you can put them in a there's a, a put them in your hidden folder, and then you know take them today or whenever you feel like it, and then put them in that hidden folder. And then when you're ready to compare, take them again, maybe once a month or every few weeks. And then you can really see, take them from a bunch of angles. Yeah, yeah, I need to do that. I'm not very good at taking pictures in the mirror either. Like, you know, these kids are so good at the selfies and all that stuff. (laughs) I'm not either. I always feel so silly. My face looks weird. I'm not good at selfies. Yeah, I'm like... uh, (laughs) Well, maybe I should have Sarah take the pictures <laughs> and just like hide them in after that. <laughs> That's right. Take them from a bunch of angles, hide them, and then come back to them. And then it will also be interesting to see, you know, how your body changes even if the scale is not changing. Yeah, no, that is true because I am going by the scale right now and that may not be really the true picture. Yeah. So now, is there anything that either of you struggle with? Uh, we kind of talked about this. I, you know, I kind of had to think about it because sometimes when I open my window, I told Sarah, you know, it seems like, okay, so I've waited, 
while to open my window, say 19, 20 hours. And then I've eaten and I'm thinking, am I full or do I need that? You know, my window's open. I should go, you know, maybe I could go eat something if I wanted. And I think I tend to almost snack too much between eating something and then for dinner. Cause I do eat two meals in my window, but they're not big meals. So, you know, I don't, so I struggle with, I almost need to do like a little mini window in between. I've heard people talk about that. Like, yeah, that's what my husband uh, calls it. Yeah. It's just like, because I think I just have to mentally say, no, you're, you you do not need to eat anything else now and until dinner, because really you're not hungry. You're just thinking, oh, my window's open. I can go ahead and eat now. And, you know, especially it's hard when I'm at home. And then I, you know, go, oh, yeah, I'll go out and grab something really quick, you know, at work, you know, have those things Then you know, it's a little different, but yeah. So I kind of struggle with that. I need to be better about, you know, making sure that I'm done with that meal and not grazing until the next meal. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally, I understand that struggle because that's me as well. My window is open. If I want to eat, I want to eat. So I get it. It's hard to sometimes find that boundary. And you know what? There are days that I eat food just because of the pleasure of eating food. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Like I it. love <laughs> eating food. Yeah. I love eating good, homemade, solid food. Yep. Me too. It's a good <laughs> hobby. <laughs> yep, yep. So, how about how about you, Sarah? Is there anything you struggle with? Um, there's certain times where I kind of plan out like, okay, at the beginning of the week I want to do like a couple longer fasts and then like 22 hours for like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then, you know, that kind of gives me three longer fasts in and then come Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I can be a little bit more lenient. But when I plan that out in my head and it doesn't quite work out and my body is telling me like, no, like you're at 16 hours and you really need some food right now, I can get kind of frustrated. Like, well, that's not what I had planned. So why don't we go with what I had planned instead of you running the show? (laughs) (laughs) Letting your body call the shots instead of your mind. Yeah, like that's not what I put in my calendar. (laughs) So I struggle with that. Um, But I also did hear that during certain times in your cycle, in that second half of your cycle, in that luteal phase, our bodies actually do need, I think it was a 290 more calories every single day and so I can feel that during that second half of my cycle where I'm just a little bit more hungry and I probably need to open up my window a little bit earlier you know that makes sense I remember when I was trying to conceive my I guess I I think I only charted my temperature on my second child but your temperature goes up during that part of your cycle it goes up and it stays up until and then you know it drops and then it stays down but if you're pregnant it doesn't drop it stays up and that was the the first indication that I was pregnant when my temperature did not go back down but if your body temperature is higher you know body temperature is related to metabolic rate Mm -hmm. so that makes a lot of sense that during that period of our cycle our body temp is up we need more fuel to run that slightly higher temp yeah for sure yeah and your metabolism is different I think during that second half of the cycle too um, you can process carbs a little bit better, I believe. I'm not totally sure, but I just know that during that second half, it is harder to get in those longer fasts. And if I have planned a 22-hour fast, because that's what I want to do and I want to get a workout in at the end of it, like sometimes my body's like, nope, not today. So we really do physiologically have reasons why we're hungrier. And it is not that you're failing when you give in to that. You're not actually, you're not even giving into that. You're listening to the changes in your body. But some people beat themselves up every month. And we really need to stop doing that. If you were to conceive and your body is prepping to now grow a baby inside of you, so you would need more food. And it doesn't know whether it did or it didn't, like, quite yet. So, I mean, it just makes more sense that we need more calories during that time. And then you you don't need that many calories during the first half. So then that's when I'm in that the follicular and the ovulation phase. I kind of know, like, okay, my body doesn't need quite that much food, so I'm not going to, like, snack for no reason. And I'm going to really push those longer fast, like, while I can because I know I'm in that area. Well, and then unfortunately, the planning part of the 
is a thing I've passed on to her. Yeah. <laughs> We're very um, type A, like, I want to plan this and do this and do this, and I'm going to write a list about it, yep. and I'm going <laughs> to check them off as soon as they're yeah. done. And, yeah, very organized list makers over yeah, here. where we have all our notes yeah. out here. <laughs> Nothing wrong with a good list. You know, I'm a teacher. I love a list as well. I used to, every day in my classroom, I would make a list on the board of what the students needed to accomplish for the, like literally the whole day when I was a regular classroom teacher teaching third grade for many years. I was like, all right, this is what we're going to do. And this is the order we're going to do it in. And as you finish one thing, you can go on to the next thing. And then at the end, you have time to do what you want to do. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way my brain works. So I get it. And the children liked it too. They liked knowing, okay, here's our list of what we have to accomplish. That's right. They could see if they were on track to getting it done. Well, we are, since there are two of you, I usually save this for a little bit later, but since you both are going to tell this part, let's wind it down. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started and who wants to go first? Okay. All right. June is going to go first. You know, I already mentioned it, but I really regret not taking pictures and measurements. I wish I had done that. And um, the other thing that I thought about um, the last couple of days is it's never too late to start getting healthier and to, you know, if you need to lose the weight, you don't need to lose the weight. You know, I have a boss that's fit and, you know, younger than I am, but he did not need to lose any weight. But he heard me talk about this and he decided to try it for a while to see if his numbers when we did our health screening got better. And they did. And he read the books. I gave him your books. I gave him um, Dr. Fung's book. And he is committed for life. And his wife does it, too. It's just, it's never too late. I was almost 60 years old when I started this. And I feel like I've just made my life longer. I think I'll live longer. I think the quality of my life will be better during that time. And I think it's never too late to start. That's fabulous advice. How about you, Sarah? I think... My main advice would be to like start slow and to really build that fasting muscle. Like you say, it is a muscle and it needs to slowly be built over time. And it gets easier and easier to make your windows shorter and shorter. And I think that that's like really somebody that's just starting out should know like it's okay to get to 14 hours and be like, okay, I need to eat now, you know, and if you just keep doing it and you're consistent. I heard this phrase the other day and it was like, it doesn't matter what you do for 65 days out of the year. It matters what you do for 300 days out of the year. And so just try to stick with it and slowly make your window shorter and shorter. And then the other thing that I think is important is to open up your window with whole foods or just something that's nutrient dense and Eat as much of that as you want. Like eat as many fruits and as many vegetables and as much potatoes with butter on them and just all these whole (laughs) foods. And then if you still want to have the cookies and the cake after that, you should have it. You should not deprive yourself of it, but you should definitely get in those nutrients beforehand because it's only going to make the next day fast easier. If you don't get adequate nutrients in at the beginning or in the the day before, you're going to be really hungry the next day. Yeah, because our body is searching for nutrients. So if you send the nutrients down, then you're more likely to hear the I'm full signals. You're more likely to realize you've had enough to eat. That's huge for me, the satiety signals with whole foods versus the ultra processed foods. That's really, really good advice there. Yeah. And I mean, we still eat processed foods like. Yeah, oh, yeah birthday cake, and I think I ate the whole thing in two days. <laughs> but, you know, I had a really good, healthy steak and veggies before that. Yep. You know, we had cupcakes at the beach. I went, there's a cupcake shop not far away from my condo at the beach. And the owner of the bake shop had been on Cupcake Wars. So it's, you know, a a well-known baker. And so I went and got a dozen cupcakes. They were all different flavors and varieties. And every night we, there were five of us, but every night we shared four different flavors. And I cut them in each into five pieces. So we each had little tiny pieces of four different cupcakes. And we did that every night we were there. And what's funny is before they left, we all went to that cupcake shop and they each took home a dozen cupcakes for their families. You know, and and we're all 
you know, intermittent fasting was up for the one friend who's going to start soon. And there's no shame in having those cupcakes. I enjoyed having that every night. And it was, I did not have restless legs the whole time because I had, you know, less than one cupcake when you added it all together a night and it worked out great. And there was no shame. And of course, I made sure to get some nutritious food in there before it. Yeah, I think that is the key. I still struggle with that, making sure I try to do that too. So it's a lifelong learning process on what works for you and the way your body feels the best. Mm-hmm. Some days it's worth maybe not feeling that great, but you you got it and you move on and the next day you'll do better. <laughs> Abs, that is so true. And everything is a learning experience. You know, I like to say I've been a slow learner with <laughs> some of this, you know, I'm still figuring it out. And some days you're going to choose to have the thing and know you're not going to feel your best, but you have it anyway. But you don't beat yourself up. Nope. You just say tomorrow's a different day. And, and I'm going to eat some Brussels sprouts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that sounds, we actually, we had Brussels sprouts the first night. Oh, yum. <laughs> yum. <laughs> and we went to a restaurant that has Southern food and we had roasted Brussels sprouts and they were amazing. Oh, yum. You just have to learn how to cook vegetables good. Yeah. She's yeah. probably a better cook than I am. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Well, ladies. On that note, I'm going to say goodbye and thank you so much for being here. And I really enjoyed having you. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. Enhance your listening experience with Wondry Plus. Enjoy ad-free listening, exclusive content, binges, and more. Join Wondry Plus in the Wondry app or on Apple Podcasts.